Tonight we welcome Sacramento's own Yo and the Electric to the stage of the Phoenix Theater. We sit here tonight because they played the stage in 2019 and Tom was so grabbed that by their performance that he got them to join us on On Stage with Jim and Tom. So please welcome to the program Yo and the Electric. Welcome. Oh, yeah. Hi. Thank you. Hey, you're here. I want to be the first one. you're here. Thank you for having us. Um, you have come a long way uh, to sit with two strangers. So thank you for your bravery in that. Um, let's start with the new album that's coming out, because I feel like that album kind of represents where you guys are at in terms of uh, why this is even really a project at this juncture. And it's called Heavy Are the Times. We're, we're living in, in real interesting times. And a lot of artists don't really... I feel like use their platform to talk about issues that are plaguing everybody because at the end of the day, what's going on in the world right now with the rise in fascism, the increase in poverty, the increase in disease, as well as climate problems, um, to put it lightly, you know, they're not using that platform and we need to. It's getting to a point where if we don't raise the awareness and kind of push for people to start doing things now, it will, it'll hit ahead and, and we probably won't have much of a planet to live on. So you all feel pretty aligned in terms of worldview? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Does anybody else want to throw in? When I think about the record, I just think it's like a really, uh, a bold record, which, um, which I think like it's a really bold band. Like I just joined the band, I think maybe like the latest or whatever, but one thing I really like about the music being written, you know, by these two, they're just they're just super <laughs> saucy with their with their songwriting, um, with the songwriting, the the melody writing, um, how they how they um, choose topics on what to write about and why to why why even to choose to speak about those things. So I think it's a big reflex on the music that we play as far as how we are and how bold we are. One thing I really like about this band is that we are, we're all super individual, but at the same time, fuck with like generally enough with the same stuff to, to vibe in the same way. And so it creates with a, 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 a very interesting complex as far as uh, the conversations we have um, during band practice after shows and, I think it ends up reflecting in the music that's getting made, but I think that's just how I kind of look at it. Does it ever get (laughs) tense in group in terms of like differing beliefs on political stuff? No, I don't. I'll I'll field this one. I don't think. (laughs) I don't think so. I've maybe heard like one tense conversation, and I think that we're usually that we're talking about intense subjects. Yeah. Mm. And we're usually pretty good at um I don't I really don't feel that we have too conflicting of ideals, so if it ever gets too intense, it just comes down to us kind of explaining ourselves better. But I usually I feel like we're pretty I don't want to say uniform in belief because that f- sounds a little bit fascistic, <laughs> but um we're we're pretty like-minded 
and um, it really assists us um, when we play dates and, and say Hayward, and um, the people are a little bit less um, intuitive to what we have to say and a little bit less receptive. And, you know, all five of us seem to be equally fanatical in the sense that we can, we can play a bar for three hours to pretty lukewarm, if not hostile, response to our political material and it really doesn't phase us in fact we uh get a kick out we of it we feed off of it <laughs> yeah. i would say it's fun. So, so you you don't mind upsetting people who have a differing belief system than you and even that's kind of fun it needs if, to happen okay yeah. yeah not necessarily we don't mind it we don't we don't instigate or antagonize anybody who uh, uh, I, I we in, uh, <laughs> once the fight is started in my personal opinion like the one with in, in Hayward um, let's get some specifics I yes. know you're wondering you were going to yeah, I'm wondering yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Context. Context. About the so, yeah. we we play in Hayward at this awesome place and for the most part the crowd's kind of enjoying it and we start to get to the real political half of our set and, and I'm guessing you actually like narrate a little bit. Like it's not just oh, yeah. playing music. You're like oh oh yeah no I give us I give speeches. Yeah. <laughs> um, I give lengthy lengthy speeches. If you keep telling the story, but if you could, when you get to the v- the villain of the story, <laughs> if you could maybe tell us the speech you told that uh, upset the villain. Of course, yeah, always, yeah. always. Um, you know, but we're playing in this couple that kind of off the bat, like living in Auburn, you see a lot of these kinds of people. Uh, I kind of knew yeah. right off the bat, like. This is gonna be this is gonna be the couple that's gonna have a problem with it. Probably walk out, maybe say something in passing, but they're not gonna make too big of a deal about it. And this woman decides to walk up after I've given my speech, which had said basically, you know, it's not okay to put children behind cages, and no matter what the circumstances are, um, and the fact that we do that and pretend like it's for their safety but then we don't give them blankets and make them sleep in basically factory-like settings with fluorescent lights Uh, they don't have hygiene products and they're also oftentimes being sexually abused in those centers as well as dying from disease in those centers because they're not being given the proper care and I just kind of basically was going on about how that's not Fair as well as the fact un-American. it's it is un-American, it's unacceptable, um, Un- and unacceptable, and more importantly, like they're making money off of every head that is in there. Private and Jared Kushner has stock in those places, and I thought that people have a right to know. She walks up and she tells me, in her exact words, "You need to educate yourself." And the minute she said that, with the tone that she said it, I, I had no interest she in talking. She screamed to her over uh, the kind of the set that we were yeah, doing. Yeah, she was Very. She was walked up and, and was talking that shit and we <laughs> talked that shit right back to her. We're not looking to pick fights with anybody. Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, <laughs> they don't, they are not, they're, they probably don't even remember our band name. It was so quick in passing that they, I mean, like they were just looking to pick a fight with anybody and it got to a point where after our set, when we had basically been the entire time like singing in their face. <laughs> it was a great um, set. It was, oh, it was, go- it was great. <laughs> it was. I bet it, was it got better set. once the conflict started. Oh, oh no, so much that better. It did. So much better. The ener- um, like, it really helps the energy. <laughs> no, it did because everyone else in the bar agreed with what we were saying. And so they were like, you guys, like, you need to dial it back like they, quite a bit. They got pushed out of the bar basically yeah. with dirty looks from people well, that, and conversations that too were i would like say mine. Mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah they also like spilt a drink yeah no. i think like and they um 
Then you have to clean it up. Yeah, like, no, they like purposely yeah. the dude yeah. purposely poured his beer like on the table to just be a jerk, and it was like, okay, you have issue with us, and that's fine. We can take the, and the minute that I was like, we could take this outside. It's a non-issue to the guy because he felt like he could threaten me and others. They backed down very quickly. So if I ever see them on the street, they can run up <laughs> like it's not a problem. But he goes and he pours a drink on the ground, yells at the bartender who's like really trying to mitigate the situation without taking sides. And it just was like the epitome of of the kind of people that we want to hear our music yep you know they felt uncomfortable because they should feel uncomfortable it, it you know so would you say that like you five years ago was as politicized as you are now as a band you and as an individual as an oh yeah i grew up with really really liberal uh grandparents she was a political science major and very <clears throat> she staged a lot of demonstrations before we even organized the group. Um, so she was already very involved in that sort of thing. And it, in fact, when we started the group, it was kind of more just the outset rock and roll group until uh, several months on. And then we felt like there was an increasing need for it. And we felt like the particular scene we were in and the, the bands that we split bills with just weren't making any mention of anything going on outside of like um he she relationships or just those typical kind of um you know like very um common stock for pop songs but yeah we felt like it was definitely something that needed to be kind of injected into our local scene i don't know if it's like that in a larger part i i ask because a lot of people that come on here it's like trump's election was like the thing it was like the thing yeah. that politicized them. So I, I wonder, like, for you, that wasn't the case. Were you all political individuals before that happened? No. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I know. Sorry. Um, I mean, yes. Because I don't know why I said no. I mean, like, no. I mean, as far as, like, and this is just, just my experience of just being, like, a black American in America. You know what I'm saying? Like, you gonna, you, you're going to be at least conscious of it what's going on um and you're gonna have conversations about uh stuff like that in your in your household so no nah, i wasn't fucking with the government way before trump <laughs> that basically say that, say that in, a, in a little short way <laughs> do you think before everything got so volatile though especially i mean obviously your experience is different mm -hmm. than a lot of people's particularly at this table but like do you think you would have been in a like a, a politically minded music group like five years ago ten years ago you know I personally think I will be because just based off the music that I, I, I really enjoy, yeah. which is music from like the 70s, and that was so much of a, uh, that's what you did in back, back in those days. And you, you had music that was kind of like the, the soundtrack to the political movement. And so that's one thing that I, I look for as, as an artist, as me creating music. That's something that I, I want to do. Um, so it just kind of goes in hand in hand that we're, we're in kind of more of a fucked up times and I think it almost like needs the soundtrack and that's something I, I feel like I, I do in my music and then they do in their music so it just it all kind of kind of lines up absolutely I, it's interesting because like I think a lot of the reason a lot of people don't get political in their songs is they don't want to split their audience and so what's interesting about this group is you say bring it on oh, you yeah. say you say uh, if you're with us great and if you're not well we're not with you and here's what we believe um, 
and I just think that's that's a different way of looking at it than a lot of people. A lot of people are terrified to <laughs> yes. upset people, and a lot of people are terrified for their art to not be liked. Oh, yeah. And it's a really easy way to get like bad faith criticism of your art if people don't agree with your politics. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, no, one, no one wants to feel rejected. Absolutely. But it's like, fuck that. <laughs> Got to be authentic, yeah. right? Yeah, if you're comfortable with yourself, then... Um, I think you're not you're gonna be okay with rejection and I think that's why we can have a show where people don't like maybe not like us as much but as long as we all look at each other and be like nah we fucking mm-hmm. killed that shit it doesn't it doesn't it yeah. doesn't matter cause it's like we we know that we're all super we're talented musicians yeah, and yeah. the songs that we do is hella fucking fire so as long as we did what we did then it's like if yeah. anything I think our if anything, I apologize. I think our crowd is getting more exclusive, and I think we might be dwindling down the people that uh, hang with us because we might be, I dare I say, a trendy thing or something that might be a passing fad. Uh, we really, I think, try to challenge the people that listen to us and any bill that we're at and any house party or anything that we're at, and we try to play music that challenges the listener not in a condescending way not like they're not exposed to this music but simply um stretching kind of pushing the envelope from what the the what we feel the occasional bands and the typical bands play on those circuits um and i think i know that me julia ryan i mean pretty much all of us have um experience in the kind of classical and orchestral world as well and there's a lot that can be um, kind of adopted over into the electric rock and roll ensemble. And I've, people have been doing that for 50 years at least. And, <clears throat> I mean, we f- we still feel like there is stuff to offer to the typical pedestrian, I don't want to say pedestrian in a pejorative sense, but the people that show up to a, a random house party on a Friday night in Sacramento, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, they might not be <clears throat> particularly familiar with chorales or anything of those traditions and we try to and, and define that a chorale being um harmonic parts assigned to each member and kind of weaving in and having those um harmonic counterpoints and and all those things we try to and, and not just chorales but latin music we try to adopt a lot of different things that we feel are core kind of strong ingredients of the music that we like you know is it's if we were a food truck. Uh, we, we like to feel that we serve these people every night kind of as organically as possible. And, you know, um, so I like. But, you know, sonically, you guys all you, you got a lot of hook going. Uh, you, you're uh, very accessible. So uh, while you're doing this, without, without you doing uh, pre-speeches and whatnot, would, would your audience know that you guys are even being political? Yes. I would say that songs like... <laughs> Russian Collision are very obvious. Let's talk about that song. Yeah. So Russian, you know what? The perfect person to talk about this is actually Skyler. So. <laughs> uh, Russian Collision is a piece that we started playing probably halfway through 2018. And uh, the lyrics might be interpreted to reference a certain specific president, uh, maybe the 45th. But in larger part, I think that the, the lyrics are meant to draw the fact that our government in the past few administrations has drawn closer to the Saudis and uh, the, the Russian government, the Putin uh, kind of administration of the government. And I, I will only speak for myself. 
Um, those governments have some shady human rights records, especially the Saudis. Um, the, the Russians uh, are not particularly <laughs> friendly to the, their homosexual population right now. And I, I mean, obviously the U.S. has problems, but I, the simply, I think the, the overarching statement of the song that I think I would like to leave people with is that as Americans, we should be trying to do uh, business with countries that maybe fare better in human rights than we do. And we should always try to be kind of gravitating upwards. And it's, it, it, so I think the song maybe posits the, the light question that, you know, are we doing business with people that we wouldn't abide by their, their daily behavior, you know? And, and election fraud. Yeah. And election fraud. And, and, and because, yeah, I mean, obviously, whenever you bring up Putin and the the 2016 and it's certainly the 45th president there is um, I mean the song's called Russian collision as a play on words from Russian collusion and there's there's sentiments there but I find when we play in Sacramento which is a not a an easily split liberal city you know what I mean the most um, I don't want to say populist sentiment but the sentiment that easily can go over among a mixed left and right crowd is simply the the human rights records of the people we work with you know what i mean and on <laughs> i don't like to get bogged down in the collusion if if there i personally believe that there was a bunch of evidence of collusion and there was certainly coordination with the campaign if you look at manafort and stuff personally i believe that but I, I, it might sound like a cop-out. I think to get our message out and to reach people that we w normally wouldn't, it's just an easier talking point to talk about Saudi Arabia and Russia. So that's, that's kind of what we preamble the piece well, with. Recently, we've done that, especially since, you know, being honest about the impeachment trial, it's probably not going to do much because the people who are running it are, of course, <laughs> are going to turn a blind eye, which is so ironic because... Bill Clinton, who I don't support in any way, shape, or form, was impeached for lying about a sexual misconduct event, but Trump also lied about a sexual mm -hmm. misconduct yeah. event during this whole fiasco, and there's a lot of evidence that he did, in fact, collude with the Russians to cheat the 2016 election, which as a person for me, where we differ on that song, is I as an American, take it very seriously that he cheated the election because you're now taking away, we already have a lot of issues in a lot of states with gerrymandering and not providing voter rights to certain demographics of people on purpose. So it's, you know, to add that and then on top of that, just blatantly throwing out votes to put somebody in office who is not, in my opinion, qualified or even well-educated enough to run run for political office or even hold a political position in any way, shape, or form is disgusting to me because there are people, I'm not a big military person, but there are people who get talked into joining the military to go over and fight all these pointless wars, and you're telling them that those wars that they're fighting that is for their, their freedoms, but then at the same point, you're, you're completely taking their freedoms away from them with a simple just throw away of votes and that, that, that part at least bothers me I guess <laughs> well, I think what's interesting about this collective and I could be wrong on this but it seems like you're semi-optimistic despite a lot of well I mean you're critical but you're still like 
pushing forward and trying to get a message out. And it doesn't seem like you're, and I could be wrong because I haven't read all your lyrics, but it seems like your message isn't like, we're totally fucked. There's no hope. And to me, that's more optimism than pessimism. Yeah. Because like you said, you, you introduced this thing with like, you know, we, we have work to do. If we don't do the work, we're not going to have much of a planet left. I mean, obviously you're referring to climate change. I mean, do you disagree with that statement? Would you say that you're not optimistic? On certain subjects, I'm optimistic, at least for me. And then, I mean, I'm a, I'm a very pessimistic person. And a lot of my own personal life events have kind of melded me into a really pessimistic person. So I think that's kind of my perspective. I think there are things we can definitely change. As far as like things like climate change, we're already so far gone that if even if we rolled back and started really trying to, you know, draw back on that carbon emission, we at most, at most we get like 60 years, which is not really a full lifetime. As a teacher, I teach a lot of young kids and that's not a full lifetime for them, you know, so... So then at this moment, and anyway, does anybody else disagree about my take that you're optimistic for having a project like this? Because I, I think that the, the very act of like feeling the desire to get the message out suggests that you think there is hope. Be- I had never thought of it that way, but I can't disagree with that logic. I suppose the fact that we're still appealing to people's common senses and still bothering to kind of talk to them is an optimistic sense because honestly i think that when we as a group have kind of current event discussions they probably will lead a little bit more pessimistic and we dare i say in front of cameras we have a little less faith in the public than we portray on stage you know what i mean but but yeah i I would say that i i've never thought of it the way but yes i think the positivity could be attributed to us because we we are night after night appealing to people and their common senses and you can you can end positively most of your shows if 90 percent of your audience is still there at the end of your set (laughs) but that's an important thing they're not walking out on you yeah they're hearing what you have to say and uh so when we first started doing shows at the well nah not first but through the 90s uh there was a strong movement uh with bands like siren and and uh resilience and some of the the punk bands that were coming through that there would be a preamble to almost every tune and it was it was a beautiful moment and it was a beautiful movement at the time and it has that was what 30 years ago i guess now getting close 25 years ago or so and it's time for resurgence uh they were they were so serious about what uh, about the movement that they were involved in and it was a beginning but uh you guys are like uh, a breath of that air coming back and uh, people are not walking out on you. And that's a start. But you are in California. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, a liberal you are bubble. in California. Um, I want to <laughs> skip ahead. We're going to do this later. But you wrote a song. I think you wrote the lyrics for the song War Ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like that in that song kind of captures your perspective a little bit on this topic, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah can you tell us about that song a little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, how the song came about, Skylar asked me. He was just like, yo, just go... Uh, kind of uh i can't even remember what, what he even told me to even get me in that in that mode but he would just like write like or just a political song and just just like in my, in my mind just write like your grievances and write everything it's just like what well, you think it's just fucked up with with uh the u.s and like the world and all that stuff like that and 
Um, usually, like, I, 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 I feel like I sprinkle that a little bit in my songs, but that was the first song I was like, okay, let me just go in, go in. And I had hella, hella pages. Like, I, I brought it to him. I was like, I think I wrote too much. <laughs> and he was like, nah, let's, let's, let's try the song first, and then let's see if, if, you, if you wrote too much. And, and it just worked out perfectly. But as far as um, all, um, all, all of the, the words, I mean, like, uh just even the beginning, living in America, um, living in America, clock ticking time, I'm about to lose my mind. Crime raises and they want to blame black faces. Middle finger raised to the racist. Fuck you if you hate women, I'm just covering all my bases. Like, it's just like, I'm not, I'm not fucking with you. I'm not fucking with you and I, I, I at least me personally, I feel like I kind of see like a lot of this shit is just bullshit and a lot of this shit is is fucked up because it's set up to be fucked up and they're gonna distract us as long as we want to be distracted and it's it's just like i said hell it's just fucked up and so i just wanted to like just kind of go in on, on that and talk about how the, the the effects of how things are fucked up and things how continue to be fucked up and kind of kind of what you said it's like if we don't if we don't change this shit it's gonna it's not gonna be any better so it's is if we stay with this with this currently like I, at the end of the song it's just like um i don't know how to cope um it's sad we got to cope with transgressions i don't know how to make things better i keep coming up with questions so it's just like at the same time i'm just one person i'm not i'm not the the the, the mastermind that put all this shit together i just kind of see all this shit at least in my opinion like oh this is fucked up this is fucked up this is fucked up um so maybe we could uh get together as, as a group conscious and figure something out but if we don't then we're just gonna keep fucking shit up i guess <laughs> yeah and you're just one person but you're you're living the effects of a lot of the stuff you're observing yeah yeah and I mean, you play this song tonight, right? Yeah. Yeah. So people can see. I mean, it. I mean, you list and you you, you say a lot in that song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a so lot to cover. It, and it's a lot to cover. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, that's the, uh, not a terribly optimistic song because not a terribly optimistic situation, obviously. Um, maybe but optimistic this is, enough to put it out. Um, I never thought about it like the way you said it as well. Like I, I definitely like, second on second on what Skylar said, but I think it definitely is optimistic because it, it's. Um, it's bringing awareness. That's, that's all. That's, that's what I'm. I'm really trying to do. Is just if if you're not aware of it, um, just just look it up. Just uh, um, we we have like I don't want to talk about, but it's like we, like a couple different versions so like that. And 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 one of the like the second half. So I'm just like, do your research. Like I encourage you to do your own research. Like if 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 you if you don't fuck what I'm saying, then then just look it up. You know what I'm saying? Google is mad powerful and there's other different research sites books you know libraries are still open if people don't know but it's like <laughs> but just do do your own research and i think there's a lot of things when you talk about um history of people mankind like big business um how how things are running like i said how things are this way if if you do if you take time out of your day to look things up you're gonna realize okay things are like this for, for, for a specific reason like I am like this for a specific reason like the habits that I have is it's someone taught me to be this way 
And if I don't, if I don't take my own responsibility to, to figure out what traits and, and what, what uh, toxic traits that I have within myself and fix myself, then I'm always going to be subject to the, to the distractions that, that are available to me. And so my thing that's like with awareness is if I can make you aware of it, then maybe we can all make our lives just a little better. And if you didn't care, like if you didn't think there was a possibility that something could change or there could be some effect to writing this all down, you wouldn't do it. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of my argument is it's like yeah. there's plenty of stuff that at this table that we we know is a problem, but it's like out of our control. So you just say, fuck it. Fortunately, and change is inherent and 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 inevitable. So we have that to our advantage. And, and sometimes we fear change, but it it can be to our advantage to to flow with change. I think we or at least for my for myself i've learned how to do that uh from music practice um uh and and working with other people you learn to 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 really tap into a flow um and and hone in to become better and eventually things that seemed impossible become easy and um, you know, that works on an in, in individual level and, and within, a, within a, any group or community even mm-hmm. um, and I think that's one of the reasons why music education is so important um, because it, it's easier to learn it when you're really when you're really young (laughs) absolutely so you know this is maybe too big a question but uh it gets in the weeds a little bit and it's like if you all are fairly aligned in terms of belief do you believe that it's a tinkering with the system or it's a tear down of the system. <laughs> tear it down and burn it to the ground is how I personally feel. Second. Capitalism is evil and is unnecessary and has always been unnecessary. And that system needs to go <laughs> very quickly or people are going to start. It's going to start getting real French Revolution like if, if we don't start figuring it out. Um, we need to tear down the two-party system that we currently yeah. have. It's yes, we do. It, Absolutely, it's just gross. It doesn't. Yeah. It's not. It's not conducive. It's it, it's by you know it, it causes division between people when Coke you're forced to choose between one or the other. Causes a serious division, and it's you're not you're not choosing your your country. You're not choosing your your friends or loved ones. You're choosing a party, and, and yep. uh, they are not there to represent you or I. Absolutely. Well, nowadays, no party represents any one person, really. There's no person that can say the Democrats represent them and every issue down the line and same for Republicans. And it's it becomes really problematic because people really bleed the parties nowadays more so than anything. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I wholly agree with you. Yeah. Oh God! <laughs> Your dad jokes. Knock it off. <laughs> Not the time. <laughs> Not the time. Pun master. <laughs> Do you feel like it even really matters what happens in this election, or do you feel like this is more of a like bigger issue than who gets elected in November? 
Yes and no. Yeah. Yes, yes and no. <laughs> it, yeah. I feel it does matter who who wins. Obviously, I I don't want the in, incumbent president to win personally. Yeah. Um, this however, is not a surprise to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's shocker <laughs> for my material. Yeah. However, um, uh, I do feel like a lot of people think that that is the end of the problem is simply him not getting reelection, and that is a very naive. I mean, it's a it's a it's a watering down of our institutions. And that's something that we have to build up over uh, years and years. It's it's sad how much damage can be done kind of right away because you can get an office and you can just kind of uh, appoint people or simply not appoint people. One of the most damaging things that he did in his presidency was he was uh, had the lowest appointment rate of any president. And that is a, a death to the federal government is if you simply just don't staff it. You know what I mean? And... There were plenty of people who were very happy to see the federal government not staffed and not doing well. And the EPA was one of the first signs to show that. And big business with less regulations and stuff, they just pollute the environment more. It's not like they're going to... It's not just polluting the environment, though. It's like they poison people. I mean, they really genuinely do. Nestle has gone over to certain parts of Africa and has given formula to certain groups of people in those different regions of Africa um, for children. And then those, those children or those women in particular who had used that formula or, or had fed off that formula when they were infants cannot produce breast milk. So they do that in a way so that you're reliant on their product. Mm -hmm. I mean, makeup song is a clear um, indictment. indictment. Thank you. A clear indictment on how the, the cosmetic industry preys heavily on on not only women but on people of all gender um, mm-hmm. identities, self image, and and so on. You know, it's like. Well, you know, um, so the cosmetic. I, I don't know how it is now, but uh, twenty and thirty years ago, uh, the cosmetic industry was selling to uh, the children, to young girls, because young girls would try it first. They'd, be, they'd love to go and try something new and something different, so they'd get it into the younger, the younger crowd, and then it would move its way up. Yeah, that's, that's how they were marketing it. Yeah, it's still predatory. They still do that. Yeah. I mean, look at like mm-hmm. Kim Kardashian. She like, yeah, she markets like like appetite suppressants to to people yeah. to children who probably see yeah. that, and she the is a mother yep. of daughters, no less. Of course, she's marketing the kids. Yeah, kids don't stand a chance nowadays, no, honestly. That's. Makeup song, though, there's a lot there. I mean, it's not just about makeup. I mean, it's about consumerism. It's about uh, self-worth. Yeah. Yeah. Because people need, I mean, something that I always really struggled with when I was growing up was just, and I mean, I still think I struggle with every day. I think most people struggle with it every day is, you know, I, I, hated everything about myself I hated every little aspect not only emotionally but physically about myself and I had a very serious eating disorder at a certain point and a lot of that was because I would see these absolutely gorgeous or what was conventionally considered gorgeous women on tv and growing up in a certain environment that you know that made me want to look that way and it really made me upset that I couldn't be conventionally like the attractiveness that they're at um so i mean yeah i mean it's more than just like consumerism it's about like 
li- like liking yourself because you need to mm-hmm. like yourself. No one else is going to like you more than you like yourself. It's those are just how it is. We play you know? it a lot at house parties and um it's kind of a phenomenon when we'll show up to house parties sometimes and we'll be kind of treated very dismissively maybe or um, kind of strangely, you know what I mean? And it's kind of a rallying cry for I think the five of us because sometimes I think we all feel a little bit odd at those kind of trendy hip places. And the song itself kind of glorifies um, maybe not fitting in because I think the the tagline being, you know, I just want to be comfortable in my own skin. I just want to be able to fit right in. It kind of, um, it it makes it more noble, the the strive to just simply um, be comfortable in your own skin. You know, that's, um, and I, (laughs) I'm distrusting of people who seem too comfortable in their own skin in the first place, which I'm sure is, says a lot about me. (laughs) But, um, you know, I think that people who are a little bit self-conscious and who are a little bit um, nervous all the time, I, I tend to trust those people more and I tend to relate to those people more just as a similar self-conscious person, as a kindred spirit. And I think that that song is kind of a rallying beacon. That's how I kind of envision it. You know, I like to think that sometimes we do at those house parties catch the person in the corner of the room or something, you know, we kind of tend to, I like to think, pull in those kind of people with that material. And it's a, it's kind of a fuck you to um, the music industry in a lot of ways as well, because they really love to put, uh, in particular, not, not just, not just females, but particularly, they love to market real good looking ladies, and that is what they market. And that, to me, is toxic, is just all hell. Like, Janis Joplin, for instance, I think Janis Joplin's a very beautiful woman, but some people would disagree. And regardless of how she looked, she was incredibly important for female rock musicians. And without her, there wouldn't be any female rock musicians really doing the guttural kind of things she was doing. I mean, there wouldn't be a Joan Jett. There wouldn't be Alita Ford. There wouldn't be some of the most important figures in female rock. And as, as a woman already were underrepresented in the music industry, I have to work probably 10 times harder than you do or, or you do or you do because they, they, they automatically are assuming, well, you're a woman, so you don't really know what you're doing. And, oh, you're probably the singer. I mean, I've had so many times people come up to me when I'm kind of putting stuff away be like, oh, which one, which one is your boyfriend in the band? And it's like, no, actually, I'm, I'm in this group, and I write half the material. It's, in, it's, it's those kinds of things. I've had people tell me that I should, if I lost more weight, I'd be more marketable. And to me, disgusting. Like, how dare you come up to me after I perform to tell me I should lose 10 pounds? You can go fuck yourself mm-hmm. is really what you can do. And that's, like, aside from it, it's kind of pointing out consumerism, you know, also giving a beacon to people who really need to feel like that there's other people like them out there. It also, you know, like I said, is just a, a big like, I see you. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're, you're not going to tear me down. Mm. Music industry. <sighs> so it seems like the, the most pressing underlying thing for, and this is what you said, but I, I take that the table feels similarly. Uh, capitalism is something you think is, is underpinning a lot of the problems. Um, are these your, is that your major issue? I mean, what is your, you like the, the, the major, you're an anti-war group. 
I mean, is climate yeah. change your major? Are they all your major issues? Is there any prioritization in terms of? They're all kind of. I mean, it's definitely sub. It's subject to each person. Like I'm uh-huh. sure with like with Najee, I'm sure like it's completely different for you than it is for me and Skylar. I'm sure it's different for you than it is for Najee and yeah. Ryan and me and same with Eddie. And it's kind of one of those things where like they're all really important because they all really coincide with the issues that we're all facing. You know, whereas capitalism, for example, is. I mean, we're all, no matter what your race is or gender or religion, if you are living in the 99%, you are being taken advantage of by capitalism. You are absolutely living in severe poverty, um, no matter how good you think you have it, just because you've bought yourself a couple things that are nice and you have an iPhone doesn't really mean you're living to good living standards like we should be, healthy living standards. You're just being programmed into thinking that you're living well uh, zappa actually in his song i am slime speaks a lot about that um and you know as far as climate change i mean like that's an impressing issue because obviously none of this will matter if our planet <laughs> completely just shits out on us like we're, it won't matter what systems in place <laughs> at all or what, who's president uh you know the race issues going on in this country that's kind of a you know that's that's not kind of it's a huge thing that we need to that we should have fixed obviously a long time ago, but that we need to get on the ball. Same with climate change, because eventually, you know, there's it's going to get to a point where people can't communicate with each other, and it's going to lead to really increased hostile situations that are dangerous for even innocent people. I mean, like the Rodney King riots are a great example. Is like those. Those riots, I understand why people rioted. It makes sense. It was a horrible thing that happened, but there were innocent people that did get murdered in those riots or did get really severely injured. Our building got trashed. Oh, I, no oh kidding. Lord. We had a metal show that night, coincidentally, and, and this place just went crazy. I'd never never before had a, uh, a stage barricade absolutely ripped apart and oh. danced wow. across the floor. Oh, my wow. Lord. The, the stalls in the bathrooms were all ripped down. Jeez, and, man. Yeah, it was a hell of a night. Angry. It was a great show. <laughs> and gender issues, uh, you know, as a woman, if y'all men don't start bucking up, like I'm going to tell you, we're we're going to start getting real mad. Like it's it's getting to a point where, like, all these issues that plague us are are coming coming to a pretty pretty good boil. We're not a not at a rolling boil yet, but we're getting there. So, you know, they're all important. I think I think that's main point. Well, it's interesting you bring up the, the Rodney King riots and you just think about like the demonstrations throughout the world about various things. It does seem like we are a very obedient people. And I wonder as like politically active folks, like what you feel about that, because uh, you have obviously been very frustrated by what's been going on. And and yet, like you would think the the, the amount of like anger that you feel about the various shit that you see that there would be millions of people in the streets at different junctures and so it's, it's interesting living in a country that is you know actively more divided than any any of uh, i don't know if you feel in your entire lifetime but definitely your all yeah. lifetime uh it's just interesting that like it's not people aren't reacting more i mean there's a lot of posts <laughs> there's, there's a lot of that a, a lot suffices of that kind of i think is some people's way of acting and that kind of some people call it a day after posting and julie and i actually uh canvassed for various social programs she did the nature conservancy and the southern poverty law center for a while SPLC. 
<laughs> and I did the ACLU and Doctors Without Borders. And we did it right in 2017, kind of after the administration changed. And it was really fascinating. And we saw a lot. And yeah. one thing I noticed is especially in this this bubble of California, you know, you have a lot of people. Liberalism is kind of trendy, I think, in this state, at least in the more metropolitan urban areas. And the problem, the actual problem with that is sometimes you have people who say they're down for that and then they make no efforts to safeguard it or aren't even really concerned if that is actually an, uh, a reality. Um, we met so many people who were like, yeah, man, I'm down for diversity i'm down for equal opportunity and then when you would immediately address them with how those things were being threatened um they weren't trying to hear that and they were just like oh man well that's a bummer i gotta go (laughs) and like you really like it's a bummer and like it's you you contrast that with how it must be to be conservative in this state where i know a few conservatives who will say the most ignorant things in the world and they know that they will be vilified for it but they're all too ready to say it and i i sometimes wish and for uh, to not to beat a dead horse but i wish that we would see that in our own party and i wish that people would be like i don't care that it's perhaps unpopular in certain circles but you know equal opportunity diversity you know all those things should be equally you know they they it's a bummer that we have so many people in this state particularly that are down for it until they're actually threatened with it and then it's you find that these people aren't attached to those um concepts at all i mean i think that's the majority i think it's exactly trendy. it's, trendy. it's, it's trendy a bummer that, it's trendy to say that you support lgbt people that you it's love trendy to say that yeah. you want to help the homeless it's trendy to say that like you understand the experience of some a person of color living in this country and, and you and you're sympathetic with that and you want to help mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to keep things the same to be conservative than it is to like affect like radical social change and they've mm-hmm. kind of you know we if, if you say that you're on the left you we whatever yeah. have more of an uphill battle than people who are just you know trying to just protect the status quo and keep their stuff yeah absolutely and that's the challenge and so you know you all represent an interesting moment you know you're younger than a lot of people well i just what i mean is you're not alone you 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 are all people who are upset about what's happened status quo and hopefully you know in in the near future at least in your earlier lifetimes you're going to get to witness a change uh, it may not be in 2016. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think I, I 100% or agree. In 2020, I mean. Either, yeah, I knew yeah, what yeah, you yeah. meant. Yeah. <laughs> I knew what you meant. Yeah, I <laughs> but I, you know, I think the big thing is, like, I do agree with that. And it's like, as a pessimistic person, I am hopeful that things will get better. <laughs> I really am. I, I do think that there are, because I have seen some really amazing people do amazing things. Um, I've been, a, you know, I've had the joy of working with really amazing, wonderful families who are, uh, most of them are Indian. Um, and they are just seriously some of the most like amazing people in the world and their children are so compassionate. I mean, way more compassionate than kids when I was growing up or ever. Uh, but they still deal, don't get me wrong, they, especially being in certain areas that they're in, they deal with Roseville. Ra- yeah. <laughs> deal with racism. Do you mind if you uh, explain a little bit how you've encountered these uh, folks that you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I started probably teaching uh, piano uh, in college. And, you know, after I got out of college, I started working at a really awesome music studio, which I will not name because, you know, <laughs> my job. Um, and I met a lot of these families 
through the studio and teaching their children. Um, and like, you know, they, they kind of all recommend, like if you get one family that really likes you, they'll recommend you to pretty much everybody. So I am really fortunate that I teach a lot of students who are all family friends with each other. Um, but you know, as compassionate as understanding as they are, they deal with really severe, like the children deal with really severe racism that isn't addressed. Um, I've had several young girls to ask me, you know, questions about why they're so dark and they do it in a very negative way and they'll they'll say things like oh I wish I wasn't I wish I wasn't so dark I wish I you know wish my skin color wasn't so dark and these are five six-year-old little kids that are saying this and the fact that they're getting that from school means that other kids are getting that from their parents who are still perpetuating that idea so it's like I am hopeful I think there's a lot of amazing people like those students who are more compassionate, but there are some in the young generation and in, of course in the older, of course in the older generation (laughs) that are still going to try to really push those ideas of, of not only, you know, racism, but sexism, anti LGBTQ plus, you know, any, anything anti um, questioning the status quo, essentially. Let's talk about the song vacuum. Who wants wants to take that one? This guy? I mean, anybody that wants to. But I mean, this is a a song that I I think touches on a lot of the stuff we've talked about today. And it's on the new album that's coming out. Mm -hmm. And you also play it tonight. Mm -hmm. So it's a threefer, really. It really makes sense (laughs) that we talk about this (laughs) song. I think it has to do with class disparity and the haves and the have-nots. And I think that Perhaps it's written from the perspective of somebody in the middle of of the two categories that's trying to really uh, come to terms with the fact, you know. And um, it's it's kind of funny that we exist in the middle of these constructs, and there's there is a lot of wealth disparity in this country, and some and sometimes you can see it, especially. I mean, you guys live in Petaluma, which isn't so far away from San Francisco. San Francisco is like some of the best pictures of wealth disparity in this country, and it just takes me for a trip, man. Like I can't ever t- quite wrap my mind around it, and. I'm fascinated with it and especially because as Americans who are raised on a capitalistic society we believe that a person's value is however much money they make or whatever their occupation is you know what I mean and when we have people who live in tents on the side of the street or as um, there's a line in the song you know your neighbor is eating cat food um, it perhaps <laughs> Um, comments on the fact that we value these people less, you know. If if you can't afford to eat good food, then perhaps you're a lesser person in society. You know what I mean? And it's they it's won't just even look at them. I've seen so many rich people, not only in in San Francisco, but in Sacramento, mm-hmm. that will walk past a homeless person while they're wearing their diamonds and their rubies, and and they're holding their Michael Kors bag, and and they're sitting North there face. with all their or oh, the best is when they're like yoga pant shopping at Whole Foods motherfuckers that walk past Nordstrom motherfuckers that will walk Neiman Marcus yes (laughs) (laughs) that'll walk past these homeless people and not even not even look at them not even acknowledge them and at a certain point like that is dehumanizing If, if, if they're asking you for money and that's making you uncomfortable 
all you have to do is acknowledge that they're, they're there and say, I'm sorry, I don't have any money. If you really don't want to give them money, which is like if you're walking around shopping at Whole Foods, enjoying your sweet time in Midtown or in San Francisco, you probably got mm. a couple bucks you could spare to somebody. But everyone's different. People sometimes don't like to give out money, and I understand that. But regardless, like you can acknowledge that they're there. It's disgusting to just sit there and completely just walk past them and treat them like they're dirt on the ground. Like, really? That's a human being. Yeah, we, we don't exist in a vacuum, and that's kind of what the title is about. Mm. You know what I mean? Would you like to buy a vacuum is both saying, like, we don't exist in a vacuum, but also that we, we monetize and commoditize commoditize i don't commoditize. know commodify yeah. all right thank commodify. you commodify, commodify. Okay. commodify. but yeah 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 we, we put a price on everything we put a value on everything and yet when we when we don't exist in this neutral kind of because when you think about capitalism in the marketplace it is kind of like a vacuum it is kind of something that is very kind of sterile you know what i mean dollars and cents it's it not, sucks it sucks man <laughs> and yeah so it just it kind of begs I don't know if it really has any kind of statement to make, but it just asks a lot of questions, you know, simply about the have nots in the sense that like, yeah, every like because we don't live in a vacuum, there's so many factors that affect every moment of every day for every person. And it's just an exponential kind of equation. And like um, American society really tries to whitewash over that and simple oversimplify it as much as it can and just be like, here are the cats. Well, they're homeless because they didn't work yep. hard enough. Oh, they're homeless yeah. because they did drugs. Like at a certain point, it's like, no, like how about they did drugs and lost their job or had, or not, doesn't have to be in that order or any order, mm-hmm. but that all stems from the fact that they were living in severe poverty. How about we emptied all the mental asylums in Reagan's time. And since then the, the homeless have been, or not give know. proper benefits to people who have served in the military or uh, cut all the welfare programs that are so desperately needed for you know children to eat. Um, you know, I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. I, there's so many things that our government has done to cause the housing crisis, the, the housing crisis, yeah. even though we have, what is it? We have like enough homes in this country to give each three homeless person like three and a half homes. <laughs> like, are you serious? So we just have a bunch of these Homes that sit empty because people can't afford them and you guys just build because they get paid to build them, but they don't get paid to fill them. Well, and if you're a landowner, you'll get a a write off. You can take a loss from having um, development, having something that you're losing. You're losing money on it. So you can write it off. You can you can just write it off. Oh, uh, Del Paso Boulevard empty storefront after empty storefront all of those landowners are taking losses and writing it off (laughs) and they make more money doing that than if they were renting it out at a decent price kind of like that show the producers they've given (laughs) them incentives Mm -hmm. to keep certain areas in in poverty and (laughs) and vacant and yeah, it's a big problem. Two to three grand for a studio in SF. Get real. Like, you, you gotta be fucking kidding me. You're gonna charge that much for a, a, a box? A box that has maybe a bathroom in it and a kitchenette? Not, not even most of the time a kitchenette. Like, a, like a, oh, here's a hot plate and <laughs> a mini fridge. Like, yeah. you're gonna charge that much money 
just to for the luxury of living in a city that's actually below sea level and with climate change is probably going to get washed away like to me is mind-boggling i was talking to someone one that was you know helping earlier about they wanted to go to hawaii and hawaii is a great example because it's not just california hawaii for decades has been dealing with severe poverty amongst the people who are not only indigenous there, but people who have lived there their whole lives um, because there are a bunch of celebrities who go out and buy these beautiful homes um, that were probably homes of some indigenous person (laughs) that lived there. And they raise the market price up. And then, you know, like I said, I I met 17-year-olds who were working four jobs in the summer to make it because they're getting paid $8 an hour while all these people get to sit on Waikiki Beach and drink their <laughs> their cocktails and enjoy their fun, but everyone else gets to work 4,000 times harder than you. Like, it's just not fair. You, I think, referenced the French Revolution earlier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How long does it take for that to happen, do you think? <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, we'll like o- honestly, if it doesn't really change. If he gets elected again, yeah. if he gets, if we have another four years of Trump, guarantee, guarantee it'll happen within four years. Can I offer one interesting fact about the French Revolution that I just Please? learned? Please, I don't know <laughs> much about it. Just because I will I would, never I get to say it. this again. Yeah, All right, I want to know it. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> yeah. um, the American Revolution was actually bankrolled by Louis the Sun King. And in, in a lot of ways that started the Enlightenment thinking of no nobility and no classism that later spread to France that later got his own head chopped off. So in a way, he bankrolled his own, you know, revolution and assassination it's very fascinating i agree like for a great example though is like how do we trump has been on multiple occasions talking about how cool it would be if he got elected for life for life what what makes us think that even if he lost the election that he would even leave he's got a fan base enough that's crazy not all of them but a decent portion that are crazy enough that if he says to for them to go out militia and start kind of acting like a national guard, they'll do it. I know they'll do it. But do you think if he gets reelected, there's a, po- a possibility of like that level of rising up? At least within a four-year span, yeah. for sure. I think if 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 he were to not get elected in, in like the situation I was talking about, like obviously, you know, shit would hit the fan really quick. Yeah. But if he got reelected, I do think within four years, maybe. Yeah, maybe four years with a lot of damage if he continues to, which he will. I mean, come on. (laughs) He hasn't stopped yet. If he continues to roll back the things he has been and continue this stride of severe inequality, um, it will get to a point where people will start getting very, very, very aggressive with other people who maybe back him. um, Or at least, at the very least, they're going to start march into the white house and the snowball yeah the, the snowball effect <laughs> do you think that he wins in november i uh. i am a pessimistic person and i have read a lot about history long enough to know that our time eventually has to come because all empires fall and all empires that are built off the backs of other people that you continue to keep downtrodden, um, those empires fall hard and they fall fast. I'm hoping that we fall softly like Britain 
Not like Rome. Nah. <laughs> but nah. hey, fingers crossed, you know. Nah. I, mean, I wouldn't we've, be surprised. We've done you've got the optimism shit. and you've got the pessimism yeah. of you and the electric. At least if he gets reelected in again, at least they'll pull their head out of their ass and start understanding like, okay, we need to take this a little more seriously. You know, we need to not just occasionally go to a protest and occasionally share something online. We need to start like really being a resistance because that's Taking what it's going to take. every day part in our civic government because I think that that's kind of what led us here in a long time. I think that we only like vote every four years and we kind of postpone our political thinking and we don't take especially part in local government and just kind of the day-to-day upkeep. Like they don't really teach civics anymore. Like uh, when we went to school, it was GovEcon and it was a little bit stripped down and I think that just like... <laughs> then they cram it into half a semester. It's so much maintenance. You really got to like pay attention to your government I mean, and participate. Kid, people are so dumb nowadays that when you immediately say you don't want capitalism, they immediately say, oh, you want communism? And when you're like, no, I actually want socialism, they compare socialism to communism, which is they're absolutely not the same yeah. thing. They are in completely two separate facets of a functioning country socialism is a capitalistic or or, sorry not a capitalistic system it is a (coughs) economic system communism is a full-on like governmental system of how you're running things they're not the same you can have democracy and socialism with capitalistic tendencies work completely Mm. fine for everybody you can have social programs in a capitalistic society and they might already do yeah they're just i they're gutted. Maybe mis- <laughs> horribly mismanaged and gutted. And yeah, some are, some aren't. I mean, the police department is a capitalistic system. Yeah. I mean, a socialist system. Not a great That's, example at this uh, table. Well, no, I, yeah, <laughs> I know it's not, but we fire pay for it. Say fire department. We got no, fire I mean, police department, department <laughs> I, would, I would like to talk about that. Yeah. Well, well yeah, but I mean, as, as far as it goes, it's a socialistic, it's it's a part of, it's it's we a little piece in, of socialism. Yeah. yeah, we all put they in. They serve the people. And know, they serve the people. To. The fire department, absolutely. Yeah, yes. Just a lot of baggage. Our road crews and all that stuff. Yeah, of course, the fire department. Fire department yeah. a little yeah. bit more clear yeah. cut. Yeah. Yeah. Nowadays, our socialist systems are collapsing. Um, I'd say the road departments, absolutely. Our yep. school yeah. systems, they're all socialist mm-hmm. systems, but they're not doing well anymore. They're, they're being neglected, and the funding is being pulled from them. And the people that are running them are just doing a terrible job. Of Betsy, Betsy DeVos. DeVos. <laughs> Dumbass right. Yeah, Betsy well, DeVos. there you go. Wow. But even before Betsy DeVos. Yes, look, yes, yes. In this yeah. town, in the town of Petaluma, uh, a friend of mine who is a math teacher at one of the junior high uh, in, Petal- in in town has 30 students in every class. Well, that's absolutely ridiculous. My mom's a middle school teacher, and the class sizes have been going up yeah, yeah. for a long time. So this is, this is a socialist system that we're letting fall by the wayside and, mm-hmm. and just let, watching it crumbling. We're not taking care of that part of it. So people get to complain, well, great, so the government can't handle social. I mean, look what they're doing to our schools. <laughs> look what they do to our roads. Well, yes, that's correct, and we're watching it as we're letting citizens. It we're letting it happen. You're complaining about it. You're, you're letting doing them put nothing it in the military. <laughs> you're letting them yeah. put it into yeah. into the yeah. needless wars in the Middle Absolutely. East for oil. Well, you've just all you been, con- everyone has been convinced that you don't deserve it. Yeah. You've been convinced that you don't deserve the health care. You've been you've been convinced yeah, sure. that you don't you don't deserve like good infrastructure. Yeah. We can't afford it. Uh, you shouldn't even want it. Yeah. Unless uh, you can afford it privately, then exactly. you don't deserve it. And so yeah. what it seems like what this table would like is for that to change. Absolutely. For people to feel like, yeah, we do actually deserve a better life. Yeah. Oh yeah. You yeah. know we have the tools. We're not living in 
We're not living in the fucking 1580s, dude. Like, we are living in the modern era. We can literally talk to someone over a phone and, like, full-on see Mm -hmm. each other. And here we are, and people are, like, dying with crazy medical expenses. You know, most people's medical bills are paid from Kickstarter. Yeah. I mean, come on. How is that fair? Yeah, it's not fair. So, obviously... uh, Maybe I was wrong to say it's an optimistic group, but <laughs> but but I think we're in a very it's an interesting year to be having this conversation because yeah. there will undoubtedly be some major major things that happen between now and a year. Half from of now. us will be well, wrong by the end of well, <laughs> that remains to be seen. We may indeed elect Bernie Sanders. We I may hope. indeed elect Joe Biden. We might reelect Trump. <sighs> But how much will it change? All my life, yeah. I've been. We've been talking about the change. We've been bringing in. We've, uh, you know, I've I've marched for for causes uh, several times in my life. None of them have, have ever uh, yeah. grown fruit, and uh, and we've had. We just went through eight years of Obama, and that was going to change things. And it, yeah, it really it just left us in now. It uh, it was such. It was such an affront to people that uh, apparently they were able to take that and turn it completely around. So, yeah, you're looking at a jaded individual here. I'm an anarchist, so I have issues with For the that. whole system. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I'll tell you, if it's Joe Biden, I won't vote. Uh, I will vote, but I will vote for a hero of yours. I voted for him four times already, and that's Frank Zappa. Yeah, and the man is dead. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he's I a, a the, true president. Vote Zappa yeah, for, for president, president in there. Oh, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. wonderful. Not a joke. But he, he he talked a lot about like just how phony people are, and yeah. I think that's a you know like you were saying that's a huge issue. Is like people are super. Super, super fucking phony All about what they support. Are poor, unfortunate victims of systems beyond your control, a plague upon your ignorance that keeps your youth from the lies they deserve, or something of this sort. That's it's, pretty close. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's, we listened to that album <laughs> on the way here. But you know, it's it's, it's crazy because it's like I am I am optimistic in a lot of ways. Um, I I myself am a very jaded individual. I if I'm gonna be honest, I didn't really grow up in great situations so i didn't really see the positivity throughout the world that maybe like people like like you have skylar um and you know that's something i of course emotionally i have to work through on my own but a lot of it stems from governmental issues i mean my stepfather who was horribly abusive to my mother what he went to, he had he was special forces in the military, yeah. and he was in Bosnia, and he went to Afghanistan um, after he had gotten in an altercation with my mom. And he all of his information is redacted. I am not allowed to get any of the police reports from the really serious events even that for happened. Therapy. <laughs> um, even for for therapy, which I I feel like I personally desperately need for those situations. Um, I mean, when the, the last time my mother ever called the cops, they told her flat out, like, we can't do anything. He is protected by Homeland Security. I'm not going to arrest him. Uh, uh. And, and they, they, he, the cop wasn't, and I don't even like cops at all, but he wasn't trying to be rude. He was trying to be honest with us and give us yeah. the truth because no one else was willing to do it. And part of that stems from his father, who is a abusive person who worked on the police force. But a lot of it was he saw some horrible things overseas overseas and and he 
he witnessed a lot of people die. And that, the war machine, Dwight D. Eisenhower, when he left office, said that we need to watch out for the military industrial complex yeah. and look where we are. Yeah. We're he just funneling every children. Every warship away. constitutes a theft. And he, he equivocated the, the price of atomic bombs to how many hospitals could be built in cities, how many schools and power plants. Yeah. On a, a yeah. certain special days, mm-hmm. there were more families killed from domestic violence incidences from their veterans. loved ones and veterans coming back home from that's, that's the Middle East. That's still happening. Oh, yeah. And so killed totally. an active duty in the Middle East. Yeah, I mean, like, that just happened twice, I think, in this, in, in, that made the news last week in this country. Oh, Wild. Wow. No kidding. I, I don't know. I'm surprised. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Yes, uh, it, it's all connected, and it goes back way longer than any of us have been alive, mm. uh, back to the founding of the country. Yeah. Uh, and it even goes, in terms of humanity's failings, longer than that. Oh, yeah. But you're not alone, and there are a lot of people like you who maybe when Obama got elected, everybody was really happy and excited, but now people are not happy and excited. They're mad, and they, they, they are more educated, and you're not alone. And so Thank it'll you. be interesting. I'm just saying that, like, this is a different moment, I feel like, and you may be right. It, we may be doomed to have no change. Uh, there has been positive aspects. I'm society, to think it's Society possible. has progressed, but the, the really <laughs> institutional stuff, a lot of it hasn't. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see what happens. It'll be interesting to see what happens in the next year. It'll be interesting to see what happens in the next five years. We could talk all night about everything, but I do, I mean, number one, I appreciate the, the vulnerability and some yeah. of the things that you've shared. There's been some personal things you guys have shared, so thank you for that. And number two, just thanks for bringing your music, driving so far, and uh, describing why it is that you make this stuff. This is why we do the show. So people like you can come on here and be like, hey, we make this stuff for a reason. Here's what we feel, and we'd like to share it with you. So thank you so much for bringing that tonight. Thank you. We really, really, really appreciate it. Well, thank you guys for joining us tonight. And uh, and now, in just a moment, the music of Yo and the Electric. Yo and the Electric. They're going to play a set of music. Thanks again, everybody. Thank you. Thank you.
in a country where I'm about to lose my mind Clock ticking, time and crime raises And they wanna blame black faces What's the basis? Middle finger raised to the races Fuck you if you hate women I'm just covering all of my bases Welcome to the US, nah I won't call this shit America When Erica on the evening news Kidnapping at 10 But when black women go missing They won't make the headlines Black men doing practice Comes end up in prison This is system implementation A control of the population Look at the times that we're facing That I feel blessed to be here What an ironic statement when it's blatant, crosshairs end up on black leaders My nana on speaker telling me to pick a role in the revolution When the world fucked up, food poison, effort with pollution Water ain't cool, I just paint it for uranium like Senator Kerr Errors occur when tax running tests and CEOs rest in bed With those who make the policy so everything's cool, yeah, everything is fine They still don't know what all this tech does to our brain We the generation going through experimentation I'm a turn, I gotta study for, see how far the rabbit goes Gangs killing gangs, but we calling the police cops Only take a knee from the back, so black Saying I can breathe, won't stop the vicious attack Kill me, you get the queen to kill you with the death sentence Then I'm born again, so I don't understand that last sentence Cause I'm only five, barely know how to read But I'm popping pills on what they call ADHD Teachers told me on my back, but I know it's about me Kids on IG flex, cause they wanna be cool Suicide rate high before they even in high school But it's big with this care, I pray for the youth And I'm no father, but it's clearly a it's our being a parent when your job don't appreciate you when the bills pass due Kids wanna have fun on a single income so you gotta make it work The symptoms of an ill world, the blood and mayhem can be seen through every window Life is a movie rated R and the children in the front row with the popcorn watching scene after scene Breaking down their self-esteem saying love this and love that but don't never love yourself Cause if you ever did a good interview with distractions The people look happy but remember it's all acting Everything you see on the screen It just mirrors the smoke You see how we gotta cope with transgressions I don't know how to make this better I keep coming up with questions I don't know if I'm walking in the right direction Hit em.
Struggle down your 